welcome to the IA Financial Group's In Your Interest podcast. My name is Ashley, and today I'm joined as usual by my colleague, Chief Strategist, Sebastian McMahon. And today we're going to talk about the importance of discussing finances with your family, how you should approach this topic, which is sometimes taboo, with your spouse and children. So our guest today is our colleague, Paul Santos, a financial planner in the group savings and retirement sector. So hi, Paul. Thank you for joining us. Hello, and uh, thank you for having me. Hey, hi, Paul. It's great to have you here. Thank you. So, Paul, why do you think discussing money, even with your spouse, is sometimes taboo or can create some discomfort? So, yeah, so there's uh, there could be a number of reasons. You know, for example, there may be discrepancies in habits or opinions regarding, you know, financial management. You know, one person could be to use the uh, common phrase, you know, the pre- they're, you know, they're the primary bread earner, and, and thus they believe that they might need to discuss overall finances with their partner. You know, this opinion or discomfort could be learned, actually, from when they were growing up. You know, so, for example, if uh, one parent made all the decisions and that talking about finances is not something you did with your spouse or, you know, other people, right? And, and you know, another reason would be, you know, one person may be more thrifty while the other, you know, may be a bigger spender. That thriftier person may t- therefore feel that the financial management as a couple is jeopardizing his or her financial security and future, while the one who spends more may feel that his or her freedom and pleasure are being curtailed by not being able to spend as much as before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can clearly relate with the thriftier person here in your, in your example. I think that that describes my role within the, the, the household at home. But you know, as you said, it's, it's all about communication. So everything here that you mentioned are very justifiable reasons, but it's very important to get over this, over the taboo aspect, over the, maybe the fear of maybe hurting the feelings of, you know, the other person and have open and transparent discussions about uh, finances. Uh, I did by experience find that breaking the ice is uh, the hardest part, but you know, when it's, once it's done, the goal here is always to change ideas, arrive at the middle ground and, you know, make sure that uh, everyone in the couple is comfortable with the future that they're building together. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm the spender in the uh, in the couple here. <laughs> yeah. And Paul, what do you feel is essential to discuss with your life partner? So yeah, so you know, first and foremost, a, a frank discussion about you know where the couple or family stands financially. You know, what is the current financial situation? Are expenses consistent with income? You know, also it's it's important to establish a family budget. You know, keeping it up to date and stick to it as much as possible. I find that this is a you know, hard task for most families and that it's easier said than done. When asking couples and families to prepare a family budget, I generally like to point out to them that this exercise is not about reducing your spending. It's more about understanding your current situation and finding opportunities. Right. Yeah. And another essential topic to discuss with your life partner is dealing with the unexpected and you know, and being well prepared for any eventuality. For example, does a family have an emergency fund? Mm-hmm. And how much do you need for an emergency fund? That you know, the current guideline is to have enough funds to be, you know, cover between three to six months worth of expenses. You know, and also along the lines of dealing with the unexpected, having the proper insurance is also important. For example, you know, whether it be health insurance, you know, if uh, in case of inc- you need income replacement due to illness, or car and home insurance in case of an accident. 
Yeah, and uh, you know we're talking about emergency funds here. We've discussed that in the past. You know, if you're listening to this podcast and say, "Oh my God, I don't have three to six months of expenses saved in an account," well, you're uh, in the majority here. You're not yeah. in the in the in the minority, and it's uh, one of the things that we know. That's why we have to repeat here. That's why we uh, always recommend that you work with financial advisors because you know these things. Everyone knows that they should have that, but you know it's kind of hard to. To build that, especially at every stage of your life. Maybe it becomes easier as you become older because maybe you have higher income, you have a, maybe some, you can afford it a little bit more once you're you know, building a family, having the kids, buying the first house. You now it's hard to, to have an emergency fund, but you know, having the right habits make a lot of sense. But one thing also that I would add to everything that, uh, that you said, which I uh, completely agree with, it's that you should make sure that you always have access to your partners, bank accounts, in, in case the person is not able to do it himself or herself. So it's not to have control, it's just if there is an accident, uh, if someone get, gets sick or whatever happens, then you know, then, you know the, the, the last thing you want to do is just scramble left and right to make sure that you understand exactly how the bills are paid, uh, where the policy, uh, the insurance policies kept, uh, you know, maybe have the conversation about uh, having personal accounts versus joint accounts. Um, also, you know, planning for the future, how should expenses be divided? You know, all of these conversations are you know, not fun to have, but again, these, this is kind of the bedrock of, you know, a successful couple. Yep, absolutely. And we also hear that it's beneficial to talk about money with children. Do you agree with that, Paul? I absolutely agree with that. It's a it's a tough concept to understand, you know, when children are are young, but you know, it is possible to introduce them to the concept of finances at a, a very early age. You know, for example, you know, allowance and pocket money. You know, it's important to let children make decisions about their money, but as parents, we need to you know, help them understand and explain the benefits and consequences of different ways of using and managing their money. Right. You know, speaking. Yeah, so you know, just kind of speaking, you know, from a, a personal experience, I actually have, you know, I have three kids, and, and so what we did in our family was we used uh, different jars to distribute our children's pocket money. You know, one for spending money, which we called fun money, one for a, a large item purchase that you know a child wanted to buy, you know, and we called that goal money, and then one for long-term future savings. Yeah. So. Yeah. So so when our children wanted to buy something, they had to take the money from the appropriate jar. And of course, there had to be enough Yeah, and and uh, so there had to be enough money available in that jar and so they they quickly learned the value of money and this approach really, you know, worked really well for us. And and of course, you know, each family can adjust to their their own uh, situation. Yeah, that's a great system here, and it, the kids can actually you know, see all of the jars before them, and you know they see how much they can afford. So I think it's a great, it's a great idea. Uh, on my end, you know, we gave them give the the kids an allowance based on a few chores, of course, in the household, that they understand that you know money follows uh, work or at least contribution to the household, and also that just you know being an economist, I always like to think in terms of cost of oppor- opportunity cost here. So the conversation is always always about right, you have enough money to. 
buy this, but what else could you buy also with this uh, this uh, with this amount, so that they understand that well, if you choose package A, then you're renouncing package B. You cannot have both. So just having having some occasions like that, some opportunities to help the kids understand, you know, what the kind of choices that they will be having to make all of their life. That you know, about making the most out of the resources that you have. So the younger, the better. Yeah, and I think that uh, personally, I think it's important also to explain a little bit more about credit cards to mm-hmm. children. Um, for example, my daughter is 11, so she's getting onto that concept where she can see me go out and buy, let's say, a $1,000 item, and it looks so easy, right? But mm-hmm. I always have to remind her, <laughs> you have to pay that back. And if we don't pay it back, it's going to cost, instead of 1000 it's going to be $1,200 or something of that nature. So it's always very important also to explain how that functions, not just paying off off the minimum payment, you want to pay it all off. And yeah. yeah. And you either tell your kids that your credit cards are evil because credit cards no, yeah. often they're a very useful tool to yeah. make purchases. You mm-hmm. you can have some um, you can have some points that you can use for something else, some cashback measures, or even you, you can get some some insurance on some products that you buy, which you don't have which when you pay cash. So credit cards should be part of the equation. So you know it's part yeah. of financial literacy to at least, you know, make sure that they understand exactly how this works. Absolutely. And even building a credit score, I mean, it's important if you don't have any kind of credit, mm-hmm. uh, it won't be good for you later on. Yeah. Um, I think, Paul, you had also an idea about uh, helping them with their taxes. So again, you know, just, you know, this falls along the line of, uh, you know, financial literacy, right? You know, I, I, this is more geared towards an older child, you know, maybe 15 to 17 years old. But if, if you think about it, you know, they have their, their first job, they're starting to make uh, an, an income. And so, you know, what you do is, you know, come tax time, you know, chances are you as the, the parent and adult will, will do the taxes for your child. But before you actually hit the submit, you know, and, and submit it to the CRA, you may want to just kind of review it with them. You know, hey, you know, here's how much you made uh, last year. Here's how much you paid in taxes. You know, here's what's going and going on. And and so all of a sudden now you're slowly starting to, to introduce them to all these tax concepts. Uh, concepts. And then, you know, as they get older, you know, you can start helping them do their taxes. So by the time that, you know, your child turns, you know, 20, 21 years old, all of a sudden now you're going to have a confident young adult who is not going to be scared of tax time and, and, and hopefully does not experience the whole, you know, scenario of, of that 10% tax uh, penalty, 10% penalty if, if you are late on your taxes and so forth. So lots of things we can do that is simple and easy for a, a child, you know, a young child all the way up to a, an older child to, to help them become you know more financially literate yeah and have when you have teenagers and they're working they're kind of all working now you know in in 2024 so when they have an income you know if they have unused space in their resp you can always you know have them or encourage them to invest there so they'll have this subsidy which can be 20 30 percent depending on the province that you are and that you live and also you know the money is in the resp you can't you know just take it back next week to buy the latest fad you know the money is there and you build discipline and you get the subsidies so there's always a possibility for them and also when they're teenagers you no know, talking about money we're talking here about kind of the immediate use of money but you know can always uh, bring that into like a 
a cycle of life kind of conversation about that the the how you use your time as a as a teenager and as a young adult will have an impact on your human capital that can also have an impact on your future stream of income so you know it's not just about money out of pocket but it's also about having you know a, a lifetime the conversation so preparing your teenagers your young adults uh, to be the best versions of the adults that they will be down the road also can be tied into this conversation. Absolutely. And and Paul, if we were to summarize what was said today, what would be the five things to remember? Sure. So first, as, as a couple, it's essential to have an open and transparent discussion about finances to establish a, a clear picture of your current financial situation. Two, the importance of drawing up a family budget is to be aware of our income and expenses. Remember, having a budget allows us to understand our current situation and possibly find some opportunities. Uh, for th- number three, be prepared for the unexpected. You need to have a plan in case the unexpected happens. You need to be well insured in case something happens health-wise or you know, if you experience an accident of some sort. Uh, number four, it's a good idea to talk to your children about money. At first, we, you know, we simply want them to understand the concept and value of money. Then as the child grows, we can introduce more advanced concepts. And the last one, number five, it's important to let children make their own decisions about their money. They will learn the most by making mistakes, right? I mean, I did, you know, growing up making mistakes, but... <laughs> we all did. <laughs> but yeah, we all will, did. <laughs> we all did. But the, uh, the learning will be enhanced by having, you know, you or us as the parents to help and guide them. Well, thank you so much, Paul, and thank you, Sebastian, for this very relevant and important content. It really makes you think. We'll meet up next podcast to continue our discussion on the importance of talking about finances, but this time we'll focus on the importance of discussing money with seniors. It's sure to be very interesting, so be sure to join us. Love this podcast? Want to know more about economic news? Follow our In Your Interests podcast, available on all platforms. Visit the economic news page on ia.ca or follow us on social media. 